and welcome to New England Beer Reviews, episode 20, the big two zero. First they're sour, then they're sweet. I'm TJ Davis, alongside Emily Schick, my hetero life mate. How are you today, Fucky McFuckerson? Uh, I think I've already used that one, too. Man, I gotta get better at this. Yeah, you really do. You might want to start, like, writing them down. Yeah. yeah. Just, like, workshopping asshole names for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That that seems reasonable. And also, I don't know, I'm fine, I guess. Um, I guess. Like, I smashed my toe with a metal door on Friday, and that feels weird, but isn't really painful anymore, so that's cool, I guess. Yeah, I saw it. It's pretty hot. Yeah. All right. Are we going to just get right into it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Three, two, one, crack. A little bit of face spray. Just a little bit. Ooh. Yeah, I couldn't help myself. I took a little sip before I began the pour. It's good. So, this is a candy sour from Definitive. It is a sour ale with mango, passion fruit, pineapple, marshmallow, and sour gummy candy. I'm very interested to try this because I've so enjoyed the candy sours from Pipe Dream that the, this feels like a, I don't know, a grown-up version of that. Wow, that is opaque as fuck. Yeah, honestly, like, the tiny sip that I took of it reminds me more of, like, the Mortalis sour ales that are more, like, smoothie style, I guess. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the definitive ones that are, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That is a mighty tasty beer. It is a mighty tasty beer. The thing I will say about it is I'm not getting the sour gummy candy. Like, it, like it's not... Uh, I wish it, it did have, like, a little more tart in it. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think that it has too many other things going on that are distracting from the you know sour patch kids that are in it yeah like i i again i'm not going to say that i don't like this in fact i'm going to rate this really high but that's because yeah. this tastes like definitives that you generally only get on tap um it's got a little bit less pulp to it it's a little bit more smoothed out but like i mean you're getting a you're, this is a pretty good preview of what you know stuff like euphoric nights taste like the thing is is that you know i've gotten used to the candy sours that being like the only flavoring that they're introducing yes. so you're really getting the candy flavor where this like i mean it... like those pipe dreams i do feel like we're slightly spoiled on just because you know they're doing but like still they are doing a thing instead of like jazzing it up like they are with the uh, fucking passion fruit and mango and pineapple marshmallow yeah like i can i can i don't know that i can pick out any singular flavor in this like i do think that they all blend well but like i said i i'm not i don't i can't tell what if any of this contribution is the candy it really just tastes yes. mostly like fruit to me 
yeah, I'm I'm mostly getting like the tropical fruits, a hint of marshmallow, but not really much on the sour gummy candy. Yeah, I got to keep drinking it and see if I can find it. But like, again, I'm not complaining about the quality of the beer itself. It just sort of disappoints me that I can't, you know, taste that particular element of it. Yeah, you're going to be disappointed. We're going to be disappointed by the second one, even though it's still a good beer. Like, Yeah. If, uh, I figure if, we probably should say early, um, if you come here mostly for the beer talk, prepare to be disappointed. This episode is most likely going to be very heavy on the pop culture and hopefully no fucking politics. Not that I have a problem talking politics. It's just like, I feel like we get more politically heavy than we try to with this show at times. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when Liam was on, we definitely got politically heavy, but, you know, I feel like he was driving the car, so. I mean, yeah, no, it's like, my impression when you have a guest, you want to have, it's like handing the wheels over, the keys over to your car, and you want them to, like, take it for a test drive, but you're still watching out and hanging out, you know? Right. All right. Let's see. So we should talk about the couple of beers that we do have to talk about before we get into the rest. I'm checking Um, this in, too, while I'm at it. Oh, yeah. I usually just check shit in post-episode. Yeah. I do, too, but I was here and whatever. Yeah. Why not? You know? Uh, So first up, Emily and I hung out the other day. We ended up having a can of Tropical Dream from Liquid Therapy, LLC, out of Nashua, New Hampshire. It is a double IPA, well, double milkshake IPA, loaded with Citra, Sabro, uh, Econaut, Azaka, and Laurel hops. And, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was a little bitter for my taste, but it still had a decent flavor. Um... I was kind of hoping that the lactose in it would have helped to mellow out the bitterness a little bit more. Oh, I think the lactose did mellow out the bitterness. Um, I'm sure that it did. I just wish that it helped to mellow out the bitterness a little bit more. Yeah. Like, again, like, this is why, didn't we have this conversation last episode, too, that we both prefer using more hops in a dry hop scenario than in the whirlpool phase? Yeah. Yeah. It's just you get more of the flavor, less of the bitter. Yeah. But like, honestly, I've I've heard decent things about liquid therapy. I'd never seen any of their stuff before. I've never tried any of their stuff before. Yeah, I don't think I've had anything from them before either. But like, it wasn't bad. I think we both still gave it a four. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I think that it had an impressive amount of tropical fruit flavor without actually having any fruit in it. Yes. Which was, I mean, again, it, like it's like you're doing something right. No, again, it was really tasty. But when it came to being, you know, a milkshake dipper, I don't want those quite as bitter as that one came out. But, y- you know. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you there. But the thing I'm thinking is, you know, I have I, I have a number of people in my life, you know, for instance, my father, who are really not into like stuff in beer for the most part. Oh, I think your um, father would love the hell out of that. Shout that's out what to I'm Bruce, saying. 
check it out, man. It's good stuff. They're out of Nashua, New Hampshire, so they're not far from you. Dude, I'll just give him some. It's yeah, fine. Exactly. I still have I still have like you should still three have cans. Two cans. Oh, three. Yeah, because I only I only brought oh, one yeah, you with only brought me. one. Cuz I didn't know if we'd actually drink it and we did. Whatever. Um but Let no, that solid. be a lesson. Always bring two to my house. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, I I like I think that it was so when I went to AOTS, they had three different types of three different things from liquid therapy. Um, one, I don't even remember what it was. It didn't interest me that much. Oh, no, it did. It was some kind of like fancy stout that I can't remember. I think it's a golden stout, but like Ooh. it's I hard was, to convince myself enjoy... to if I'm wearing shorts, it's hard to convince myself to buy a stout. That's the problem. Very true. But a stout will stay for a while. And like, especially a golden stout, it's a less explored type of stout, at least in this country, that you see far fewer of. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, usually it's one of those things that'll jump out to me, like a, a white stout or a golden stout, because usually most stouts are like heavily roasted malt and barley to be able to get that dark color of the stout. Right. But still, like, golden stouts, you get stouty flavors without having the roast. Just intrigue me. I don't remember exactly what its parameters were, but I feel like it was a golden stout with stuff in it. Maybe I'll pick it up next time I go. Hey, um, see the it other, next time. Yeah. The other one they had was, like, a peanut butter and jelly beer, but, like, I can't, I, like, I, I didn't have enough time to, like, go through the ratings and see if it's, like, rated on the low side because it's bad and the flavors don't come through or if it's because people don't know what to do with a peanut butter and jelly beer yeah so like it's usually a pretty decent toss-up uh do you remember the style of beer it was because i really want to see one of those in like a triple it's not a trip you gross a triple ipa fuck you no 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 not not a triple ipa oh like a, a triple a, the... a belgian triple yeah pb and j is a wheat beer oh okay Average 3.73. And the other one is a white chocolate black raspberry golden stout. Average 3.87. shit. Yeah. I, like, I want to fucking try that. You didn't want to try that? I mean, I do. But, like, again, it's really hard to convince myself to buy stouts when I'm, you know, wearing shorts. And also, I was like, I think that was one of those times where it was like, I have five minutes. All right. Let's do. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Cruise and buy. All right. Oop. Liquid therapy, okay, we grab that by. Like, let's see. Um, let me take a quick. Somebody said just yum gave that uh, a four point five. Okay. Four point uh, four point oh four point oh five four 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 point five. Yeah, I guess I need to pick. This I mean, up. it sounds like it's pretty well rated. Yeah, I don't understand how it ends up with a rating that low, probably because a bunch of people shat all over it. Because, again, I think a lot that, of people... That would be my guess. A lot like, of people don't other... really know what to do with beer with stuff in it, either. Yeah. So, this is a thing that I don't like, so I'm going to give it, like, a .25, and then just, like, drag everything else down. Although, I huh. think that you and I are also a little generous with our ratings, more often we are. than not. We are, but... Whereas, like, Aku is very much a 
very harsh with his ratings more often than not i notice yeah but like it just means it's harder for him to find a five but but it's not that easy for us to find fives either oh speaking of most of our ratings are somewhere in the vicinity of like 3.5 to 4.5 we should do an episode where we go through a bunch like crap that we've rated fives at least the new england stuff yeah because there's mean, honestly like there's a there, like dude you considering i looked through it i've got like 45s wow something like that but i mean that's out of like what i mean five thousand beers it like, also means find me finding the old books from beer fests well so that we can have those fives as well but potentially, yeah potentially that Good luck. I mean, you have yeah. all the time in the world right now, so Fucking, maybe do that for homework. Yeah, um, finding where the fuck they are, though. <laughs> so, by, so by contrast, the average ratings in that PB and J are like 3, 3, 4.5, 5. This person actually said definitely has grape notes in the wheat come through, but the PB is lost. Oh, uh, that's unfortunate. But, like, but I can see how PB would be lost in that beer style, though. I mean, well, no, it, it like a wheat beer shouldn't really fuck with it that much. The other time I've had a really successful PB and J beer was, um, like in a, a wheat, in a, not a wheat beer, a brown ale, and that actually worked really well. But like, um, okay, f- so that one's a five. I think it might just be a matter of people don't really know how to handle it. But the other thing is, I, I, I am curious now to try that because. It turns out peanut butter is a, a, you know, as we learned in our Yes Brewing episode, the peanut butter flavor is really hard to actually get to come through. And you need to use a frightening amount of like peanut butter powder to Mm -hmm. actually get it to come through, which is surprising because I find peanut butter to be a fairly strong flavor. So I wouldn't think that it would take that much, but apparently it does. So I don't know. I don't know, maybe it's worth me picking up both of those and it's like once it's like kind of fall it'll be like, let's crack these puppies and we'll yeah. just do a liquid therapy episode. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'd, I'd fucking be cool with that. I mean, we're doing a definitive episode today. Yeah. If you didn't know it, today is a definitive episode. And speaking of definitive, let's move on to our next beer. Yeah. So um, I actually mentioned base reflex in our last episode, and it turns out that we hadn't actually had it. I just thought I had because I've seen it so much. Um, so we finally gave base reflex a try. It's as good as the rest of their dippos. Nah, forget, what the ho- forget what the hops are in that one. Uh, the hops in base reflex are Citra, Cascade, and El Dorado. Yeah, that worked really well. Yeah, all those flavors played really well together. I actually think that the, um, I think it was the Cascade that helped to mellow out a lot of the Eldorado and the Citra. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I've got that backwards. It's a long time since I've played the hop, hop game. But like, it was very smooth. It didn't really have like, really any bitterness in it. It's, for the most part, what I'm looking for when I'm looking for just like a straight up New England IPA would be something like that. Yeah. No. I mean, Definitive's generally really good at that. Like, I, I've had very few of theirs. I've never had a bad IPA from them. 
I've never even had a bad triple IPA from them. I've just only I've only, I've had ones that I like less than others, but there's ne- I've ne- there's never one that I've been like meh. Like, Ew. <laughs> I mean, or even meh. Like yeah. I, there's never an like I don't know that I've ever rated a definitive beer lower than like three point seven five, ever. Anything, any style I've ever tried from them, I don't think I've ever rated anything lower. I mean, I could take a quick look, but also, how am I getting ahead of you? Oh, I don't know. Weird. It's because it's like drinking a fucking smoothie. Mm. So it's like goes down easy. What's the percentage um, on this? Oh, it's a 7.7. I should probably slow down. Wow. All right. Interesting news because it does not taste like it's 7.7. No, it sure doesn't because it has like a million things of pulp. Yeah. I mean, it drinks like it's, what, like a five, maybe a six, yes. definitely not push an eight. Let's see here. Definitive. Searching my own personal listing here. Okay. So far, I've been, I haven't even come up. Oh, come, oh there, there's a four. That That's oh, the lowest I've come four? up. Uh, batch 300. A sour, it's a sour IPA that they did for their three hundred. Their three was their three hundredth beer or whatever. Let's see, multiple Exciting. fives. Um, oh, there's another four. Da- that dazzle the uh, milkshake dipper. Oh yeah, that wasn't really impressive. I remember that. The walrus music sour gave that a four. Uh, there's another five. There's another five. There's another five. Well, damn. <laughs> okay. Um, I would hazard a guess that I've given more definitives fives than any other breweries like individually. Oh, concert modes, another four. That was one that I really wanted to be amazing. And it was like, it wasn't bad, but it like, it like, cause I think that's one of the, their IPAs that actually has a, uh, has Idaho seven in it, which is why mm. it was like, I want this to be really good. And it was just okay. Well, and that's I mean, the thing. Were you expecting more from it just from the fact, like, that's a question for you and I, like. Okay, if we, four. If we four look, is the lowest if, rating of anything I've had from Definitive. If we look at hot profiles before we drink beers, does it increase expectation yes. based on hops that are in there? A hundred percent it does. I was thinking yes as well, but I, I just wanted to get it out there. But yeah, just look through everything I've checked in, in from Definitive. There's nothing and, below a four. And where can they find you on um, Untapped? I believe I'm just Empress E on here. Or you can search my name. Yeah, I'm Empress E on here. Or you can literally just search Emily Schick. Because mm. you'll come up with me either way. Um, and it's got my dumb face on the profile, too. So <laughs> My profile picture is a very old picture of me at this point. In sepia. Um, but yeah, I feel like we should also take a look at our, um, untaps and link both of our untaps into our show Twitter. Yes. Probably not a bad idea, but, uh, yeah. Um, I I think that's like it for beer talk for us. Yeah. Oh, you're catching up. 
No, this shit drinks so easy. I'm telling you, every definitive sour that actually has like the fruit pulpiness in it is just like, it's like. It's juice. I was going to say, the best way I can describe it is like, this is what I wish a mimosa tasted like. It reminds me of like the, um, I want to say it was like Tropicana. They probably still have them, but it's like multi-fruit orange juices that have other fruits in there. Yep. I want to say that there's like a mango pineapple orange juice and like that's pretty much what this tastes like. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, like like I said, the, like but you can taste the alcohol, which is why I say this like this tastes like what I wish mimosas tasted like. Yes. Like I mean, I'm not saying I'm not shitting all over mimosas. They can be kind of awesome, but at the same time it's like no, this has so much more complexity to it. It's a lot smoother. Um, yep. But hey, yeah, good on us. We made it through uh, t- 21 minutes of, you know, beer talk. Yeah, and we'll, we'll have a little bit more when we open the next beer, but... Oh, yeah. You know. Uh, for now, um, do, do you want to get onto the movie that... I got you to watch that I kind of wish we had watched together because I might have been able to like point out things that you might have missed, but probably or, or like at least hit you with like references trying to be made because, oh, man, this movie is so awesomely meta and I love it. It's also from the fucking uh, director of Die Hard. Really? Did yep. not know that. Yeah. Um. Ladies and gentlemen, dear listeners, or yeah, dear listeners, that's what I call them, except I always go, uh, what, Edward R. Murrow, dear listeners, um, fucking Last Action Hero yep. is, the, is the movie that I finally got Emily to watch. Uh, what is it, 1993? 1993. Because uh, it came out after Judgment Day. Because there's a Judgment Day reference in there. Actually, there's two T2 references in there. Yeah. Because Sly Stallone is the Terminator in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. It's kind of hilarious. And also the T-1000 as they're like walking into the police station coming out. Yeah. Uh, Did you notice the other reference that was in there? Like same shot. Uh, probably not. I think I was probably distracted by the fact that, like, all women who aren't, like, you know, mom age are all, like, wearing, like, scantily clad clothes. They're all scantily clad. They're all, like, you know, The costuming in, like, action movie-verse. Because, like, that's essentially where this takes place, is a, a pocket universe that is the... If you've never seen Last Action Hero, it's about a kid who gets a magic ticket and he loves action movies and ends up going into the movie itself when he's getting like an advanced screening of the newest John Slater movie. No, Jack Slater. Jack Slater. Jack Slater. Played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Um, But all the women in that verse are like either scantily older. clad or 
in skin tight outfits, but all that like 80s kind of hot unless you're older or a child. Yeah. But like, yeah, it was just hilarious because like even the the woman at like he was like this woman is way too attractive to be working at block like he's he's trying to yeah he's trying to prove to to thanks kid you got me her number (laughs) yeah he's trying to prove to jack slater that he's like that he's in a movie and it's like dude this woman shouldn't be working at blockbuster she's way too hot but like but i think they do a pretty decent job of trying to accomplish that of like pointing out that like this is very clearly like if you were to stop and look at it, but at the same time, let's say that you exist. Let's say that this pocket universe exists. Yeah, you're not that's just all a character you know. in a movie, but like, yeah, that's all you know. Uh, like that, it's like no, dude. That's just what all women look like until no. like they, you know, until they turn like fifty, but, but again, and then like, they, and then how they do we look... know? How do we know that our reality is real reality? Ah, oh, sweet. Are we gonna get like? philosophical and existential because like i'm down for that yeah no no it's gonna get boring as fuck really fast yeah um but but for real though like it's it's one of those things other reference as he's entering the uh police police station station. though is sharon stone dressed as she was in fatal attraction you you know the like beaver shot that oh yeah uh, apparently uh I can't remember the name of that movie, right? Uh, the name of the director of that movie right now. I want to say it's like Paul Thomas Anderson. I don't know, man. I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm but um, he ended up getting that shot. And by like deceiving Sharon Stone and Sharon Stone is like still really pissed off about that to this day. And I don't fucking blame her. Like, yeah. she did not agree to put her vagina on film. Consent matters, people. Yeah. Which I also think is nuts that, I guess, because of her contract, she couldn't get that cut from, like, future releases. Yeah. Which totally fucked up. Yeah, it totally is. Fuck Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, it's it like like everything else, it is starting to improve, but no, it's not fatal attraction. What the fuck? Basic instinct, then, Basic right? Instinct. Yeah. I don't know, man. I've never seen the movie, so I'm not really Some that helpful here. Fucking Michael Douglas. Like, yeah, it's totally basic instinct. Yeah. I mean, I can't really comment on it much because I've never actually watched the movie. That's what I'm saying. I've never watched it either, so I, I can't say anything either. I hear good things about it. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe one th- of these days. Then again, apparently fucking Shakespeare in Love won like a fuck ton of Oscars one year, including Best Picture. And it's like, how the fuck does that happen? Yeah, I don't know, man. I think it was also the same year that um, fucking Life is Beautiful and, and Saving, Saving Private, Private Ryan, Ryan came out were both nominated for best picture and fucking Shakespeare in love wins. Yeah, that's stupid. That's so stupid. Although I feel like it's same thing with uh the year that the blind side won, which like not a good movie just makes white people feel good about themselves. Mm. So yeah, there's that. Like that's a whole subgenre of film that 
just shouldn't exist. Oh, hi. Mm. Oh, bye. And I want to say the same thing happened in like the 92 or 93 Oscars for Best Picture of like really this fucking one. But I can't remember like the movie that should have won and the movie that didn't win. Or the movie that should have won and the movie that won. Yeah. Words. But yeah, I mean, um, like close. I find it funny that like Last Action Hero didn't do well when it was in theaters because like. It's like it's a okay, weird meta concept. Like I, honestly, I, at that time, there was pretty much nothing that was a like there were a couple of things, but like the biggest thing that you had that was like slightly meta was Stephen King being a character as Stephen King in the Dark Tower books. Yeah. I like, mean like I, Or, it, you know, Kurt Vonnegut being Kilgore Trout in fucking Vonnegut. Yeah, I mean, still though, like, it's fun as hell, the action's good, like, it's it it's clearly... Oh, it's got, s- it, like, it's over the top, but, like, it's got some really fun action set pieces. It does, and, like, I, 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 uh, like, I feel like even if you're not used to, like, the whole concept of meta, it would still be, like, fun as hell to watch, because it's just, like, Oh man, I've seen so many action movies and like movies in general and like, you know, the it's like it's pointing out all of the things that are like totally unrealistic, although it is like also acting as like kind of a caricature of like the that unreality. Well, that's what it's supposed to be, is I know. Like, it's it's also just over exaggerated. Oh yeah. I mean it's it it is it's just awesome. But like, like us as the spend... audience, we're watching it and we're like, how do you not know that you are living in a non-reality because that's all he knows that's, that's all the problem you know. um but like you know this is so folks we're gonna do a movie podcast at some point and yeah sometime segments, relatively soon one of our mo- segments is going to be who the fuck was this made for and i guess the question is uh, uh, for this movie is who the fuck was this made for and i can answer that question although the audience is not very large it was made for people my fucking age at that time. At that I was time. I was 10 years old in 1993 and if my parents had brought me to see that, I would have been talking about that movie for fucking ever because it would have been like that's so rad like living I, vicariously I through mean, Danny. It is a wish fulfillment film for like 10 to 13 year olds. Yeah, like 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 you know, senior millennials. Which I think is um, also a PG-13 movie, which uh, honestly, like when I was a kid, I I don't know how often you went to the movies sans parents as a child, but like sometimes I I know that I like being a child could often just go to like R-rated movies. I remember the first time that I bought like an R-rated movie ticket myself. I was just so nervous about it. I I think it was at the uh Dedham Cinema, the Dedham Showcase Cinema on on Elm Street in Dedham when I was 12. I went there with my friend Mike Martins for my birthday and we went and saw The Relic. <laughs> I remember seeing Dangerous Minds in theaters. I don't remember anything about the movie, but I remember I saw it. 
Uh, I remember it has Michelle Pfeiffer and Coolio. And, that's all I remember. And it has yeah, that song. That, that's yeah, it. That's all I fucking paradise. remember. Yeah. That's it. I don't remember shit. Like, I don't remember most of my childhood, frankly, but I definitely do. Like, I have a hard time remembering shit I've seen, like, in the, in the last, like, five years. So the fact that I saw something like, you know, what, 25 years ago or whatever, like, I don't yeah. fucking remember. Are you kidding me? I mean, for me, it's more at this point, I've definitely seen at the least 10,000 movies. Yeah. Um, So I have a hard time remembering all the names. I can usually if I like watch a trailer or description, although sometimes I get fucked up with the trailers because it's like, have I seen this movie or have I just seen this trailer? Yeah, that's the other problem, too. I mean, I think part of the problem, uh, another part of the problem is like, it's awesome. I, I love how much cinema has exploded over the last, you know, hundred years. Um, I mean, exploded. It didn't exist. Like, well, it did exist a hundred years ago. Yeah, but it didn't. It hadn't existed for very long. It, yes, it was still new technology. I mean look at technology and how it's exploded over the last hundred years. And yeah, I know. But like, I don't know. It, it like, can you imagine like bringing a pilgrim from the past to today? He would just try and burn everything down because it's all just witches. <laughs> or he would just find the first gun he could and blow his, <laughs> and brains, blow his out. brains out. Or he would find a gun store and just be like, Hey, Magoda. And fucking get himself like a nice little AR-15 so that he could mow, mow down a bunch of children. I, I don't know. I, I don't know pilgrims. I was going to say, not if you... Well, first off, an AR-15 is a much more complicated weapon to use than like, yeah. I don't know, a, a, most handguns. A musket. <laughs> most handguns, basic rifles, that kind of shit. And second, like... I mean, even unless it's a revolver, it's probably more technically complicated than a pilgrim would be able to accomplish yeah he'd uh, he'd probably end up with like a revolver because like at least it looks sort of like something he could potentially handle but also you can't buy an ar-15 in massachusetts are you kidding me Uh, i mean not in this state but you know ah shit we're starting to get political let's get away from it yep run away run away run away run away we need better gun laws run away (laughs) But also, liberals I'm, I'm with not, guns is a good idea. Gun run away. I'm I'm not anti-gun. We we just need like a national registry that has you know names with serial numbers attached to people with the guns, so that we know like what guns are being used. And run away. Sorry, sorry. Um, if I ruled America, as a gun enjoying liberal, I'm actually all for that. Yeah. Ah oh, man, I forget what it was. I know that we didn't want to get political, but like. I read something that was a piece about how people don't actually want democracy. What they really want is like a benevolent dictator. Yeah. Cause like people generally don't want to have to like make decisions for themselves. And as we're seeing, especially in this country, there are people that if you're told what you should be doing, they're going to say, fuck you for telling me what I should be doing. I don't yeah. know what that what accent that was, but it was yokel. Let's go with that. Yeah, sure. All right. Let's cultist. Walk... 
Let's, Qualtist? All right. Let, let's walk away from the yeah. political shit. We're, yeah. we're done with politics for today. I, so We're clearly leftist, if you, if you hadn't realized it. <laughs> doesn't mean I don't like guns. It just means that I'm... I am all for good regulation upon guns. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so... Yeah, Last Action Hero, had never seen it before, really wish that, like, my parents had taken me to see it in 1993. Um, definitely re- would recommend watching it if you haven't, um, especially if you're an elder millennial like we are, um, because you were basically that kid's age. Because, like, that kid in that movie, like, the like. I don't know how the whole how old the actor was, but the kid is supposed to be eleven, and I was ten at that time. So like, yeah. you know, it was like it was basically geared towards us. Yes, it was um, a movie made that, at like, I mean, like the most recent Space Jam, like it's something that kids can enjoy, but the parents can too. Yeah, because like it's a fairly adult film. It's not like. It's not ultra-violent in, like, gore, but there is a lot of ultra-violent action in it. Yeah. I still haven't watched that. I feel like I probably should at some point, but, like, I don't I don't know that I'm going to fall all over myself to do so. Wait, watch what? The newest Space tra- new Space Jam. Oh, yeah. I haven't it's, seen it yet. It's, it's really not bad, but it's not a movie made for kids. It's yeah. a movie made for their parents that the kids can enjoy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Um, so let's see. What else should we talk about? Um, we finished Sweet Tooth. If you haven't seen any of that, that is. All right. A... So Austin O'Brien was like, probably was 11 okay. when it was filmed. Okay. Because he's 81, came out in 93. Yep. Most likely filmed late 91, early 92. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on. But yeah, we finished Sweet Tooth. It it's really good. Like I don't know. Yeah, if, it's if the really premise good. if the premise appeals to you at all, then definitely check it out. Um, M, do you want to give them like a premise? Um I'm not sure how well I'll do with this, but I'll give it a shot. So basically, you have... Um, oh, also, how's your beer looking? Because mine's empty. Mine's empty. Oh, fuck it. Uh, before we get into this, let's crack beer number two. Beer number two today is also from Definitive. It is from their Portal series, and it is a sour ale with strawberry and vanilla. Three, two, one, crack. Also, I'm kind of feeling that we probably should have had the other one second, because now our glasses have um, pulp. Well, that and this is distinctly going to be a less good sour, but like the other one had a better name and that's how we do. So that's how we do. Um, All right. So premise of Sweet Tooth, you have a post-apocalyptic society that's a little bit uncomfortably close to what we just went through because... It is a post-apocalyptic society because of a simultaneous, very deadly pandemic, and um, a but like basically all children start being born as like 
human-animal hybrids. Yeah, of well, different there, there are two separate events that end up launching off at, at the, the same, same time. time. But it's being seemed... a global pandemic, like a super flu, and children being born as human-animal hybrids. Yeah, and I mean, it, but like... it's kind of mishmash, so you don't really know what kind of hybrid you're gonna get. Yeah. Nor whether or not they'll be capable of speech. True. Um, I mean, it makes me question. It all seems right, like sorry, they're all. It like, seems like slight they're light spoiler, but like most of them, most don't. of the hybrids that we've seen are nonverbal. But I'm not sure that how much of that is an ability thing and how much of it is a people don't want to teach them thing. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like humans don't learn speech you know unless someone fucking teaches them well like like you can learn things without being distinctly taught because like you know how do you know that fire is hot you get near fire and feel that it's hot that's different Hot feels nice but then you get too close to fire and hot bad that's entirely different than trying to learn language yes that's entirely different yeah language is a complex thing that like yeah especially if you have no one to interact with i mean i don't know i like even if you were feral and had zero interpersonal interaction wouldn't you think that you would end up forming your own language no you you would just be mute because it wouldn't even occur to you that you could speak yeah you might make noises (sighs) but that's it yeah no you don't form your own language like that's that's entirely a function of living in society um people who are severely neglected to the point where they don't really have human interaction not only do not develop language skills but will actually die of loneliness and also your like other parts of your brain don't form properly because you they like you don't aren't being stim like certain areas of your brain are not being stimulated by speech. We are designed to be uh social, social animals. Creatures, yeah. Yeah. It's really not healthy for people to spend all of their time alone. Period. Especially children though. Oh yeah. Like once you're an adult, you can make your own goddamn decisions. Although you really shouldn't like withdraw from society till you're at least like your brain's fully formed and i.e. like twenty five ish. But like, uh, but wouldn't you... it be so nice to like just be a hermit like no. somewhere out in the woods as no. long as I have like Wi Fi? Nope. I don't know. I feel like if I you get bored Wi-Fi... and lonely, you get yeah. lonely. You do yeah, get lonely. You do get lonely. Well, I do get lonely. Yeah, so do yeah. I. Like, I don't get me wrong. I love like there. There oh, I love are some my alone time. Oh yeah, I love my alone time. There's definitely like some some fun parts about living alone too. But like honestly, I'd rather like you know spend time like you know time in the company of. There's got to be a balance. Spend time in the company of people that I enjoy, balanced with alone time. Yes. No, that's the way you do it. Money for nothing and your chicks for free. Money for nothing. The great cat standoff of 2021 has ended. 
they well, it kind of ended a while ago. They were they were tensely staring at each other about two feet, two or three feet apart, and then they both like sat down, still staring at each other, and then they kind of like got all bored and like put their heads down and shit, and then Bug just left. Ah, hey, buddy, does that mean you win? It's quite the standoff. Well, now he stood it's, up and is smelling where she was. It's like cats playing chicken. Yeah, but basically. Instead, they're standing still. So I guess a staring contest. I don't know. This portals. Is I pretty don't know. Good. I'm not a doctor. I, I do enjoy this portals. I we haven't talked about the beer yet, have we? No. The um, por- this portals is actually, I think, one of the one of the better ones, ones. That I think I've had. Yeah. Um, in terms of like how it comes through and can strawberry really well. Like, yeah. Give me a double fruited version of this, though. Mm. Yeah, because I get more uh, smell of strawberry than I get taste. I get a lot of taste of vanilla, but not as much scent. Yes. yes. Well, it's also because the vanillas that you use for taste. Don't always have as strong a smell as vanilla mm-hmm. as you use for smell. Yes. They should just like dry hop it with some like fresh ass Madagascar vanilla beans. I mean, A, expensive. B, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how well that would even work. No, it wouldn't. No, you really need no. vanilla extract. I mean, yeah. you could, if you want to get more aroma, you could theoretically. Add some Tahitian in once it's cool, but eh. But yeah. Um. So, I think we also wanted to talk about the where we are. You know, thus far the new season of Rick and Morning. Oh yeah. Um. Honestly, I the show still hasn't lost in any of its luster for me i think that they're they've had a good mix of you know kind of like world building you know more consequential sort of episodes and like the kind of like fluffy bullshit and i don't know man that sperm episode was pretty gross (laughs) like like especially when they got saved by the military before getting taken to uh, the president and it's just like a blow through the sperm and like they just get goo all over the family yeah i'm not gonna like, say that it's not gross but like like it, it, it's it's got a bit of gross to it but then again like the show does have a bit of gross to it yeah i mean i think that like it hasn't gone as far as like in trying to be shocking as like Family Guy has. Like that Man, still doesn't Family really Guy phase tries me that much. too hard sometimes. I haven't watched it in years, so I don't know what it's like now. But I was pretty done with that show when they had the episode where like Stewie tries to get pregnant by Brian. Yeah, that was an odd one. No, that really like that was like uh, it's like okay, yeah, the sperm episode's gross, like, but you know, they, like everything's It's definitely not an okay, I'm done. Yeah. Like I I've definitely hit that okay, I'm done with other shows before. I, I want to say uh like 
Dexter season seven. Uh, you were because you're smart and I'm not. Yeah, for real. Well, like two episodes into Dexter season seven, something like that. Yeah. Although I am going to watch the new episode. Oh, and we can actually announce now. Hey, folks. So a buddy of ours who I've known since my high school days recently was able to actually announce that he is he worked on Dexter, the new season, which I'm totally going to check out. Honestly, Dan, I love you, man, but it's not because of you. It's because like it looks like Clancy Brown's going to be the villain. And it's like, fuck right, Clancy Brown. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. I, I made it all the way to the end of Dexter. So I'm mostly watching for Dan and hoping for the best as far as for the rest of it. Because like, it's also God, the, the initial, end of season seven. It's the it's the initial showrunner that left in either season four or five. One of those two. Probably who five. is like show running this new season because season so, four was the best season of Dexter. And uh, then it was yeah. just downhill from there, man. Trinity is just like fucking John Lithgow is just fucking amazing. In yep, that, that season. was that was the best season. It's so good. But like, yeah, I mean, I again, I don't know if I've said this before on the podcast, but the only thing I'm grateful for. Be, the, the only reason I'm grateful that I watched all the way to the end of the original run of Dexter is because it is the worst finale of anything I've seen ever and everything compares favorably to it so you know I, I don't feel as bad about the end of like most bad endings because it's like hey at least it's not as bad as Dexter <laughs> literally I say that it's all it's just like the end of True Blood is not good it's better than Dexter the ending of Weeds Really not good. Better than Dexter. Man, Weeds got bad. Fucking, again, like season four or five. Yeah, it did. I forget how long it I went. I stuck it like, out to the fucking that, end, though. That's another one that I just like, meh, you know what? I don't fucking care anymore. Yeah, I stuck it out to the end of like many, many things. And I'm usually, I usually have a compulsion to do that. But like, I don't know. I like, I, I never finished uh, I don't even know. Maybe it's still fucking running. I never finished um, Homecoming and uh, Homeland. Homeland. No, it's not still running. Oh, I but never. Like, didn't they kill their primary character in like season two? Well, he wasn't killed, their like, primary well, character. And he then killed like... Claire Danes in like season four or five or whatever. I didn't. If they killed her, I didn't see it. Uh, all right. Well, spoilers, but I don't know because I haven't seen the show. So, yeah. Um. But, like, then there's still, like, the crap shows that I still watch. Like, fucking Legends of Tomorrow, I have a DVR recording for. And I usually watch it, like, right after it records. It, it's such a trash show, but it's the only, like, DC TV universe show that I give a shit about. And I've watched it since it was new. And the only reason I watched it when it was new was because uh, Arthur Darville was Rip Hunter, a, a like, time traveling agent pirate guy but like yes. it's trash but it's fun and I still mostly enjoy it I'm not trying to recommend it to anybody like it's a crap show but I don't know for me it's the most enjoyable of like the CWDC TV shows but yeah uh, Rick and Morty so 
Um, I, I like dipped in with this with Emily a little bit and like, I've been watching this season and it, it doesn't feel like we're following our Rick and Morty, like the C-137 Rick and Morty. It feels much more like this Rick is a lot more dumb than our Rick. And this Morty is a lot more of a dick. Yeah, I, I was going to say like sadistic, but it's not really sadistic, it's... but like he's definitely a a lot more of a dick or at least a lot less mature than our Morty that we've been following, it seems. Potentially. I mean, it like, so it could go one of two ways. Like, I, I definitely think that your theory is plausible that we're following like, you know, evil Morty and you know, his Rick. Um, But I think it might be like from episode one of that season, because we've also seen them. All right. So like say your piece and then I'm going to start pulling out like examples for why I think this. Cause I was going to say the other option is that. Although is that too spoiler heavy? Do we not want to get spoilery? Yeah, probably not. I don't know. All right. Um, I mean, I will say that like, I think that, it's entirely possible that that's true. It's also entirely possible that this is the C-137 set. It's just that, like, it feels like we're going to come to a revelation at some point of, oh, shit, this is how Evil Morty became a thing, and we need to stop this before you become an Evil Morty or whatever. Um Cause I don't know. I mean, yeah. like, because if Rick, because because you can explain their like the, the the slight differences in other ways. I mean, you know, Morty could be like depressed, this angry, Rick, has PTSD. This Rick seems way more dumb. Yeah, but he could also be suffering from burnout because that's yeah. enough to fuck up your 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 like your cognition. I don't know, maybe he's finally got PTSD or maybe he's had PTSD and it's just sort of been amassing all this time and he refuses to fucking deal with it. Like, there's multiple explanations for why either one of them could be having this issue that isn't, like, it's not our universe, you know, Rick and Morty. All right. The only example I'm going to pull out, though, is the season premiere. Um, Okay. You can watch the season premiere for free on YouTube and it doesn't have, well... We, we have YouTube music, so our YouTube Red, whatever the fuck it's called these days. It's not YouTube Live, which is their live TV, but we have, like, YouTube their music Premium service. Some shit. Yeah, their music service and, like, no commercials on our YouTube. So for us, you can go to Adult Swim's YouTube page, and, like, for, for you as well, I, I don't know if you'll have commercials or not. But you can go to Adult Swim's YouTube page and watch the scene premiere. Ah, uh, what the Uncensored. fuck was the name of it? Uh, Uncensored. I don't I know, man. I don't remember the fucking episode names most yeah. of the time. Um, but it's where, like, uh, Mr. Nimbus, which I also find it funny that Nimbus is a cloud formation and instead it's a dude from Atlantis. Uh-huh. Um, but Mr. Nimbus, because, you know, Rick touched the ocean and broke his treaty with Mr. Nimbus is like our setup for this, but there's a, 
past episode, I want to say like season three, the Rick Lantis mix up where we don't follow our Rick and Morty because they have an adventure in Atlantis. Oh, yeah. So and, and like, you know, I, it's not huge continuity on the show, but usually they try like especially details like that. They try to retain a bit of continuity because it's the episode that we just sent spend at um the Citadel of Ricks when they're in a reconstruction phase moving to a democracy since C-137 Rick murdered the Council of Ricks. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think that I think that it's I think that I, I think there's there, decent credence that my theory could be right. Oh, I definitely think your theory could be right. I guess my plausible. point. I guess my point is, is that one of the things I really like about Rick and Morty is that like it does keep you guessing like this. Like mm -hmm. it's it there. I don't feel at all certain like where they're going with any of this. And it's like that's exciting to me because there's a lot of stuff that it's like. You watch enough shit, you can kind of telegraph like where things are going. I feel you. Um, I mean, shit. I remember the first time I saw The Usual Suspects and there's a scene in that movie where it's like, oh, that's Kaiser Soze, isn't it? And then just like would watch the rest of the movie thinking that and it's like, yep, yep, yeah. yeah. But, like, that's purely based on, like, just speculation of writing patterns and how one organizes the film. It's why, like, uh, fucking Memento was so momentous when it came out. Because it told a story different than most people were used to seeing it since everything was shot backwards. Mm -hmm. But that well, not backwards, but like shown in a reverse order that the scenes happened in. Whereas, like, I've never actually seen it, I've just heard about it. Um, like watching momentum, uh, watching Memento forward is not a good film. That doesn't surprise me because it wasn't yeah. designed to be watched that way. I mean, also, Christopher Nolan's really not that good of a writer. And um, most of his movies are just kind of gimmicky. Yeah. I mean, really, his his peak was The Dark Knight. Yeah, he's and like that's less him and more probably Heath Ledger's Joker than anything yeah. else in that movie. Honestly, he's not a he's not a terrible director, but he's not a particularly good director either. Like he's I think, not I think that he is a above average director, but I would rather not see him direct movies that he had a hand in writing. See, I could argue that he was a he was an above average director. I don't know that you could, I mean, I guess you could still potentially kind of say that, but like, I feel like 
for years now, he's been just jerking himself off all over a screen. Yeah. And it's like, I just, Pull, it's pulling like. Pulling a uh, Peter Jackson or a Darren Aronofsky or a yeah. Zack Snyder or a Michael Bay or a Brian Singer or a Brett Ratner. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if that's like a trap of, you know, directors. And it's like, uh, like, so maybe it's better that my favorite. Uh, so. My favorite director is a TV director, at least my current favorite director. Mm. Um, because Sam Esmail, it's like, yeah, I feel like TV directors have a tendency to fall into that trap less just because like they're not really like they don't get like the same big name recognition. So they don't get that like, you know, ego stroking, you know, like feel justified in jerking off all over a screen kind of deal. Like, I don't know. I just really hope that like nothing ever ruins him. And I hope that like, you know, he can, he can recapture the magic that he did in Mr. Robot again. And the BSG series that I think he's working on is going to be not suck. Mm hmm. Because yeah, I could see uh, like, him doing some amazing shit with that. But like if you haven't watched Mr. Robot folks, Mr. Robot like Mr. Is Robot Gorgeous. It, it's like, one of the best so shows well of directed. all time. Like, I mean, I'm putting Mr. Robot up there with Breaking Bad. That's how fucking good it is. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. Like, it's so goddamn on point. Like, it really is. Um But like, I will say this though, is like Zach's choice of favorite director is not bad in the sense that, like, I have now seen, you know, some of, I think I've seen some of Mike's later stuff because I've, you know, so far I've I've gotten to, uh, imprint first love and one miss call. Okay. And I really need to watch one miss call again. I remember being a solid J horror that actually had, well, I mean, it had that Mike edge. Oh yeah. It's genuinely an excellent film. Like I don't like horror like, movies it, generally don't from freak that era. me out. It's still from that era though, of like where Ringu started to uh, appeal to Western audiences. So that's when we got like Ringu and well, Ringu Paul's one miss call, but like that J horror wave of 2003. God, I don't even know. I don't remember. No, I think that maybe. How fucking old was I when I saw Ringu? Well, the American remake. No, I saw Ringu of the Ring. I, had, I never saw the American remake of the Ring. Came I saw Ringu. Two thousand one, maybe. I mean, I saw oh two thousand two, but I know that I saw them both. I think I saw um, Ringu. I know I saw fucking the Ring before I saw Ringu. Ringu's ninety eight. Okay, I probably um, saw that in like two thousand, two thousand one. I, I I don't know. I don't remember the context in which I watched it. I know I watched it on DVD because I don't think Ringu itself actually got released here outside of places like uh, I don't know, maybe like Kendall Square or Coolidge Corner or whatever. Nikkei's one missed call was two thousand three. Okay. Yeah, I I don't even remember hearing about that, but like that was super well done. Um, yeah, my first Mike was uh, audition, which and, it, like it's not even a slow burn. It's like 
nothing happens for 90% of the movie. And then you get the last 10 minutes. But like, I'll say this is like, you know, having now having seen one miss call, which is, you know, on the older side and having seen first love, which is on the newer side of his stuff. Like, I think that, you know, it seems very much like Mikay has avoided the falling into the trap of like, everybody loves me. Let me just jerk off on screen and have everybody, you know, suck my dick and tell me that I, they love me. Like, Tell Clearly, me how I mean, amazing con- I am. Considering the volume yeah. of of that of that guy's work, like he no, doesn't he he is actually like people will throw around words like prolific, but like he actually That's is fucking prolific. Like like he like there was a point in his career where he was making like six to ten movies a year. Yeah, and they're not and and and, and it, like yeah, some of it's crap, but like not everything is going to be gold. But, like, he essentially pulled a Lloyd Kaufman, but um, directed everything instead of producing it. Yeah. Uh, the trauma. Lloyd yeah. Kaufman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that... Um... Lloyd Kaufman actually shows up in the MCU. Thank you, James Gunn. Woohoo! Um, I definitely recommend checking out uh, you, TJ, and I guess audience, too. I recommend checking out First Love, because... Uh, that is very, like... Uh, it's currently streaming on Amazon Prime, I believe. Yeah, it's very genre-bending slash shifting slash whatever the fuck you want to call it. Like, it covers a lot of bases in terms of genres, and, like, it does it all really well, like, surprisingly well. Like, it's kind of, you know, action, romance, you know, comedy, like... Like, you know, fucking Probably some horror elements in there. Yeah. Like... Um, that's what I love so much about happiness to the Katakuris is it's like all that, but like a low budget B movie. Oh, also a musical. <laughs> Which like I happiness to the Katakuris, I think, is my personal favorite um, Mike flick that I've seen. I need you people. I to think show the me only I, the only two that I think I own are fucking imprint and audition, but like imprint, it's not the best first thing to watch from him, but like it gives you a very good idea of what he's about. Yeah, whereas you know, I think that I've been held off from watching that because it's like, you know. The man who's seen all of his goddamn movies, except for, like, the few that he cannot get his fucking hands on, no matter how much he's willing to pay. Superman. Um, I don't remember, but probably. Um, yeah, there's... It's like, you know, I, I the selections have been somewhat careful. Um, so I take it he hasn't shown you, like, Ichi or Gozu yet? Correct. Uh, those are those we're see, holding that, off that's on actually for now. disappointing because like yeah they're really fucked up but ichi the killer was apparently his first Mike and he mm. just wanted more but like i don't know i mean i like at this it's like i'm happy to fucking watch it in whatever order he wants to show it to me and like it doesn't really matter to me yeah um i'm You're gonna ple- see them all anyway <laughs> i'm i'm pleased to find that you know of the of you know of the three that i've seen so far um 
two have actually given me either mental or physical reactions to things. Cause like, you know, you can, you can do all kinds of violence to the human body and it's not going to make me react physically. You do stuff to like nails. They're they're like like few things or gums. Gums. Well, I didn't have gums on my list and then I had to add it because of imprint. So yeah. Um, yeah, he's his direction and sound design and effects work make a lot of his stuff um you you feel it. Yes. Which I actually really appreciate. Yeah. There, there mean, aren't but, many directors who can pull that off well. Yeah. Whereas one miss call I didn't get any of that like physical reaction, but like I definitely like one miss call gets to you on a psychological level even though you Oh yeah basically know what's going on the whole time like it like it's it's just a credit to his direction that it's like you know and sound design and sound design that you can you can really see like it's like oh yeah this you know with another director might be yeah but like with this with, with him it's really bob it's really kind of getting to me mm-hmm. oh yeah well just wait until you get to Ichi the Killer. It's been a while since I watched it, but I want to say one of the first scenes in it is of a peeping Tom outside of a window masturbating, and you get like a close-up shot of just like him shooting his load onto a plant. I I might be confusing flicks, but I remember that scene from some fucking Mike flick, and it's like, well, all right. I guess I know what I'm in for. Oh, plus he has a uh, plus our main character Ichi has a um, Glasgow smile. Oh yeah, that's always fun. And you definitely get like he's got it like safety pin, but like you get a shot in the movie of like removing the pins and jaw dropping. Like Hot. it's it's pretty sweet. That's awesome. Although I think that we, it's also a bad CG effect, which is kind of unfortunate. But, yeah. Man, that was my issue while watching Visitor Q. I forget what year it is, but it's like early to mid-aughts in Japan, and it looks like it was shot on a fucking potato. It's like, come on, man. Like, I, I know you're going for low budget, but you're prolific enough and you record enough that you should have something that doesn't look quite assy but he might have been going for that grindhouse vibe but shooting digital instead of film yeah i could so, see that i don't know that's totally something that he would do but uh yeah um we, we got anything else we're at like 110 now so we could just wrap it up yeah i mean i i can't think of anything else in particular and um i also would very much like to pee yes uh, i i can i would like to go steal a mirror and um i was trying to think of some euphemism but all i could come up with was smoke a fag and that doesn't work well these days so i'm not your mate you fag yeah pack of fags 
Um, it's a cigarette. You're uh, no, I. Yeah. I don't Something. know. I don't Whatever. remember the, the sequence. Well, well, it's, it's apparently been too long since I've watched Clerks Uncensored. So I guess that I need to go and watch all six episodes of Clerks the Cartoon. Currently streaming nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> You're a cigarette. <clears throat> Pack of fags. Uh <sighs> Like, like, it's that one time I, like, tip my fucking brain. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Just go fucking find it and you watch know, I, it. Go buy it on DVD somewhere. Pack of fags, you're a fag. It's a cigarette, mate. I'm not your mate, you fag. Or, yeah. It wasn't until years, years later, later that we, we found were, out what, what fag, fag really, really meant. meant. A mate? Uh, I'm um, I'm not your mate, you fag. Is that what that one is? Oh, is it? No, I don't no, know. No, no, that's the last line to the British. Uh, whatever. Yeah, we're, we're done. Um, hey, uh, I've been T.J. Davis alongside Emily Schick. This has been New England Beer Reviews and Pop Culture. Um, please donate to us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash n e b r. That's the initials of this show. N e b r. New England Beer Reviews n e are you can also find us on facebook twitter instagram fucking we're trying to do more shit with those things yeah um but yeah i i guess that's it then yeah um <coughs> nice yay i burped <clears throat> i i suck at burping folks so why why